Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. I just wake up like this. Wow. Still at home every morning. Every wow. morning. Wow. Are you going to? No, I have something. I no, I have a thing later. So, but the only way I could do it was to get it done before this, and I had to get up at six to finish a screenplay, which I didn't even finish. It was a new draft of something. Okay, all right. The Spontaneity Shop presents the Guilty Feminist Watchers and just like that, the Sex and the City Reheal with me, Deborah Francis-White and my very special guest, Catherine Bohart. Season 2, Episode 6, Bomb Cyclone. So Catherine, first of all, how did you get on with Season 1 of And Just Like That? Season 1 was so weird because I was so excited for such a level of frivolity And then it was actually quite serious in that we were Mm. grieving. Um, We're grieving for a long time. Good Lord, I get it. I do get it. But given how quickly the seasons were changing, I thought maybe we could speed this thing up. (laughs) Um, I felt that same. And I definitely do want shows about grieving, but it's just not what I come here for. Exactly. Um, With all the stuff in the news about the actor who played Big as well, it was like, I think we could wrap it up. Were you excited about this season? Why have you come back for more? Are you like Carrie with Big? You just will always come back for more. No, can I be honest? Yeah. I felt trapped. I felt trapped. (laughs) You are Carrie with Big. I feel, yeah. I I felt like, oh, God. And then even when I opened the first link and I was like, oh, God, I forgot these episodes are 45 minutes long, you know, before Mm -hmm, you even started. mm -hmm. I was like, no, but I can't not watch it. I know, me neither. What do you think of the new season so far? 
I do think it's funnier than season one. And I do think the clothes are better, which is part of the reason I'm here. <laughs> That's but, right. We're lured in by the fashion. Oh That's my God. part of the promise. The fashion has been fantastic. And Incredible. I'm, I'm glad some of the sex is back in Sex in the City. Oh, it's such a relief. Thank God. But I do think some of the characters are being given short shift. There's just too, too many of them. We say this every week, but there's just too many of them for any of them to really uh, be as rounded as they once were. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the best episode of And Just Like That ever this week. I, I really do. genuinely think that's a very interesting take. And I think I agree with you, but it makes me worried about how low my bar has gotten. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think my bar is quite low for the show now. So if there's a cohesive plot and a little bit of fun and a little bit of something sexy or something the way that it used to be, I'm like, it's back. And it's not really, but I genuinely, I still think A for effort. I think they're listening. I do agree. And I do think it's a lot better than it was. And I felt like this episode had some real hallmarks of, of the old show. Maybe I've got Stockholm Syndrome. No, but there was like, there were a few moments where characters behaved like normal versions of themselves that I was like, whew, what a relief. Or even human beings would be a relief sometimes. Exactly. So let me do a quick recap. In this week's episode, Carrie has to speak at something called WidowCon and she uses Che as an emotional support comedian. Charlotte has to go on a scavenger hunt for condoms for her daughter, who has announced she's losing her virginity. LTW gets caught in the same snowstorm, looking like a Vogue fashion shoot, and puts on a glorious wig in a public bathroom at MoMA, which is a MoMA moment. Miranda breaks up with everyone. Steve tells her what many of the viewers have been thinking, and Che finally puts both of them out of their misery. Meanwhile, Carrie puts us out of our misery by finally sending... Aiden, that email. So let's talk about Carrie first. Now, I can't find out if WidowCon's a real thing, but I think it should be. 100% it should be. Well, I'm glad we're starting with Carrie because, I mean, for me as a comedian, I'm sure you felt the same watching it. She has to follow this phenomenally funny chapter reading, book reading by someone before her. And she walks into this room with Che and this woman is killing it, um, which I guess is not a phrase you can use at WidowCon. And, <laughs> and every- well, you, you're either as a comedian, you're either killing it or you're dying. Yeah, both. And both, both of those are bad at WidowCon. <laughs> um, and so I just know that familiar dread of like, oh, I can't, oh, surely they should have gone last. There's no, oh, I won't be able to do that. But thankfully her very... Um, sanitized narrative of grief still does really well and everyone loves her which is nice um I do think that bringing Che is like oh god we need something to do with Che that isn't Miranda well yes but I think they're a much nicer person when they're not with Miranda I do because actually they rose to the occasion they didn't want to leave the house they're depressed to me overly depressed even for a comedian about their pilot not going everyone's pilot doesn't go all the time. Like all of us have had pilots that haven't gone. The most likely thing about a pilot is it won't go. I don't think anyone I know has gone, well, I'm giving up stand-up then. What you think is that sucks, but 
now I'm more likely to get a second one. You know, I've learned from this one. Or maybe I'm not, sitcom's not for me. I'm going to do another stand-up special. Like, And in their case, you'd be like, they completely changed my whole narrative. I'm relieved to some degree that that version of me that isn't true didn't go. And now I'm going to write, I'm going to stick to my guns and write the actual experience. Because they... I think that's right because they—that's what they were saying last week. They were saying it's a bullshit show. Like the yeah. the genderqueer person who complained about it said the things I was thinking. Yeah, and yet I still want it to go because I want to be on the telly. I guess agreed. And also, no comedian I know in the world would sign a lease on the presumption of money from a pilot. No, that's not a thing. We 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 all know that most pilots don't go, but. Alison Spittle had a great revelation last week because everyone's been complaining about Che and saying they're a narcissist, they're a control freak, they're awful to Miranda, why is Miranda with them, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And Alison said someone, at least one person in that writer's room, has dated a comedian <gasps> and they're dragging comedians. <laughs> and actually that whole thing is about the experience of dating a comedian. They're obsessed with themselves. Come to LA, give up your <laughs> new, your master's degree for me. I don't want you going back to your son who's just had said something suicidal because of me. Yes. You, you let your phone go off during my scene. There's no seat for you in the comedy club. They, they're writers. They live in LA. They've dated comedians oh and they are dragging God, comedians. That's so right. That's so right. And it's so true. And it also explains why their stand up is so bad. Have you ever known anyone to end a set at a comedy store with being like, I just got an Uber from my bedroom to my bathroom? And then to go, that's my time? I mean, no. That that's is a lazy time? segue at best. Like, no, yeah. we've, we, we have. Every comedian I know, and listeners, if you're thinking, didn't you not say this? Yes, we did. Every comedian I know is all they're talking about at the moment. It's like, can you imagine closing on that joke? But I think they're dragging comedians. I think Alison is 100% right. Oh, that really and the reason, the reason we can't see it is we are, of course, the comedians <laughs> they're dragging. And we're just like, who is this person? Who would behave this way? And the joke is... It's us. We would. We would. We have moped around the house because our pilot didn't go. We have demanded partners come and see us at shows and then been annoyed they were there because it wasn't our best set. It's about us. And hopefully it's a hyperbole and it's not us, us, but it is some comedians that we know. I've been going to sit in a dark room, Deborah. For a long time to get over. To mope around. Exactly, exactly. I think it's right. I think I think she's hit upon it. But I had a real moment of joy at the start when is it this episode where at the very start Miranda's like, Why are you speaking to me like that? I don't deserve that. Yes. And it's the first time I was like, Oh, hello Miranda. Welcome back. She puts up with the like just constant and then the audacity, the audacity of Che referring to Miranda as mommy to Carrie. First of all, mm. Carrie's her best friend. You don't get to slag her off to Carrie. Secondly, mm. I was like, you force her into that corner of being your mummy and then say, she's behaving like my mummy. It's like, what? This is a trap from Miranda. I'm so glad it's done. Yeah, well, let's hope it is because they were not right for each other. I agree. Che uh, needs to find another comedian and get a taste of their own medicine. And a poly um, person. 
Yeah, ideally. I really wish they dealt with that. I really wish they'd had Che be a kinder, more considerate partner, but being a poly person who said, I'm a poly person at the yeah. top, and then let Miranda, because that feels like a very 21st century thing for me, let Miranda deal with the feelings that come up when your partner's poly and you're not, yeah. and then maybe go, well, maybe I'm poly. Because there's a whole really interesting things in the ethical slant about the jealousy, the jealousy you might feel that's totally human, that's totally normal, there's nothing wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with it. You can be successfully poly and still feel jealous, and that's at times, and you will. And I thought that could have been really interesting to let Miranda explore life with a poly comedian who's on the road, who goes to LA and she rings them and there's someone else in the room and she's not allowed to, you know, she's allowed to feel jealous, but she's not allowed to express that in a way that's over the boundaries of their uh, agreed arrangement. And I think it also, that would have been really interesting. And it also would have been interesting for Miranda's relationship to her sexuality to not be centered simply around Che, because then it would have mm. been interesting to see who Miranda chose to date. What, mm. And I know that we're now going to see that, but it's frustrating that we didn't get to see any version of that experience. But yeah, I do agree with you that Che is a much nicer person and that when they're not with Miranda and that Miranda, their dynamic has meant that they can only be quite cruel to Miranda. And I'm glad that that's over. I found an Easter egg (gasps) from last week um, because... Uh, while I was putting my makeup on, I thought I'm just going to, for some reason I needed to watch an old episode of Sex and the City to see something because I, I thought there was an Easter egg. And I found an episode called, I think it's called Old Dogs, Old Dog New Dicks or something like that. Okay. <laughs> it opens it opens with Miranda in a comedy club on a date and the voiceover from Carrie is, and to Miranda's version of Hell, the comedy club. And Miranda's sitting <gasps> in a comedy club with a date the date goes to the loo and the comedian is actually a very well-drawn, you know, one of those really aggressive, naughties male comedians who's really mean yeah. to the audience and says nasty things yeah. about his girlfriend. The date's phone goes off and uh, the comedian takes it and says, oh, it's, the, it's your date's wife, ha, ha, ha. And it's just the most mortifying experience. And he goes, I'm separated, uh, you know. Um, after that, she gets together with Steve and they are on opposite schedules. So he comes home from the bar and falls asleep and wants to have sex in the morning. She wants to have sex at night, but she falls asleep because she's a busy lawyer. And it's exactly that same thing played out as we saw played out last week with Jane. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So they're trying to give us what they think we want. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I never know if they see these things or I just impose more, but I just think that's a really interesting Easter egg that she was in exactly the same spot before with uh, Steve, but what led her to Steve in the first place was the fact that she was in a really bad mood, having dumped a guy that she'd had this really public humiliating scene with in a comedy club, which Carrie describes as her her version of hell. Mm -hmm. They have to know that Um, kind of stuff. They have to. But all of this is to say that I do think that Che was good for Carrie at WidowCon. I do think the dynamic of Carrie running into that woman, Carrie, now, Carrie, Carrie now, um, with a K. Oh, Rachel Dratch is a brilliant actress that, as well. She stole the show for me. She was so funny. The other Carrie, the writing partner she had for one month 
before Sex and the City was ever a thing. What a brilliant idea. And she was like, I was drunk. I don't really remember it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she didn't show up. But it really stands up for me. That is in character because remember how she just didn't turn up for that meeting with Matthew McConaughey yeah. in Hollywood? Because yeah. she doesn't want to do screenplays. Yeah. She doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And she literally stood Matthew McConaughey out. So it really makes sense to me that she would have stood up her writing partner and a producer in a Starbucks yeah. um, in 1992. I absolutely loved that. And I loved Widdicon. I thought... It harked back to, do you remember that uh, event that Charlotte took Carrie to that was for single women and it was about yes. believing and putting yourselves out there? Yes. It felt it had the same ring of truth as that. Like sometimes in, and just like that, those things to me have felt very two-dimensional. And they always, in and Sex and the City, they always felt three-dimensional, like that, uh, that learning annex that Carrie ran where she had to talk about dating. Yes. It felt really... I can imagine it being like that. And with Widowcon, I thought it was very well portrayed. I thought the gags about, you know, downside dead that that woman had, they seemed real. They seemed like the kind of gags that would be in that book and sort of better than Chase gags, I'm sorry to say. 100%. 100%. (laughs) Like way better. And also just the fact that they, it felt like those women were very like, alive in it they were very like excited for information they wanted and they they wanted the things that people want when they go to those things which is like camaraderie but also answers and hope and Mm. they did it really really Mm. well I loved her closing line which was a call and response the audience clearly knew which was um and remember he might be dead but But you're not (laughs) (laughs) and I was like if I'm ever a widow sorry Tom I hope I'm not but if I'm ever a widow I'm gonna remember that he might be dead but you're not yeah um, so good. I mean, I always hope I die first because I couldn't handle the admin. Um, oh, gosh. Tom's going to have that admin under control. You don't. It's already done. Yeah. He I would have s- pre grieved and pre admined my, my death. The funeral will be sorted. Yeah. Um, he will have every guest you'd want there, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He might need some help from Gina, you know, some close friends, yeah. you know, like they'll, they will, they'll work on those details, but I know that it will be organized within an inch of its life. Tom's not chipping in here. Tom, Tom might be like, no, you're going in a cardboard box. He'd have you pre-record no the intro of- over music. <laughs> to my own funeral. Yeah. Listen, if it's not, if he's not on my deathbed going, Do you, could you just record this for a second? I'll be very surprised. <laughs> I'll be like, you know how the Queen had to get out of her deathbed to to uh, to bring Liz Truss in? Yeah. Imagine how furious she'd be. Because she, she must have been. I mean, seriously, the Queen's funeral went on longer than Liz Truss's prime ministership. I know. Let's be honest. Outrageous. There, there was more... There was more curtsying. It was t- People were curtsying in front of that coffin mm-hmm. for longer than Liz Truss was prime minister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll be the same. I'll have to get out of bed to record something for sure. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We're recording more live episodes and you can come and see us at King's Place in London on July 24th. Soho Theatre on the 11th and the 12th of August. We're live from Chichester on the 21st of August and we're recording episodes of The Guilty Feminist and Global Pillage at the London Podcast Festival on Saturday the 16th and Sunday the 17th of September. For tickets to any of these, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on Live Shows. I'll be in Chichester because I've written a play called Never Have I Ever, which will be on in Chichester at the Festival Theatre at the Minerva for the whole of September. It stars Alexandra Roach, Amit Shah, Greg Wise and Susan Wacoma. And it's about money, sex, power, feminism, politics and running a restaurant. For tickets, go to cft.org. Dot uk That's cft.org.uk. They're really going fast and I'm not just saying that. You can also get ad-free episodes via Patreon, Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. And if you're passing iTunes or Spotify and you wanted to leave us a five-star review or even you wanted to go there of your own volition, we would love you forever. It really does help other people find the podcast if you follow and if you review. And now back to the podcast. So, yeah, that was, I thought, of great representation. I also thought the widow wand evoked Easter egg. Uh, Sex and the City was the first show ever to really talk about vibrators. Yeah. And we had the season one. They were very bold with Charlotte and the Rampant Rabbit. Mm-hmm. But then also there was that whole episode with Samantha reviewing uh, various vibrators. And they were just sort of vibrators scattered throughout. You'd see yeah. Samantha with a vibrator from time to time. And so I love the widow wand. Dad, did you know that the widow wand is a real thing? No. Mm, I found it. No. Why? It seems to be discontinued. It's so weird to me because the reason it's funny is obviously it's outrageous, but also because like nobody would actually want their vibrator to remind them of being a, a widow. No one's like, well, this is appropriate. This is a grieving vibrator as opposed to one of those gauche, happy vibrators. As I said, it is discontinued. That makes sense. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I don't think it's sold very well. I think it was called. I did screenshot it. It was called the Hollywood, the Hollywood Widow's Wand. So I think it was trying to be ironic and amusing, like oh, a Hollywood widow. You know, mm. customer reviews. Joy Hollywood Widow Wand Combo Kit Two, <laughs> including Hitachi Magic Wand Two Speed Personal Massager. Okay. True thing. I tried to find the customer reviews, but they uh, they didn't come up. But if anyone can find customer reviews for the Hollywood Widow Wand, please do. Because it sounds I think like it's, it's just the magic wand, but with Widow put on it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's the Hollywood Widow Wand. It is absolutely that. Um, so let's talk about Charlotte's scavenger hunt for condoms for her daughter. How truthful do you think it was that Lily just said at breakfast, I'm losing my virginity? I mean... The thing is, they have, in a way, they have raised those children such that that might happen. Um, And I thought that the conversation between Charlotte and Lily after that announcement was great. But I did think, I thought it was a bit unrealistic. Why would Lily necessarily want them to know? It's not that she would think that there was anything wrong with it, but like, like, it feels like 
for me, I thought that would you'd only do that if you weren't going to follow through. If you were kind of wanting a parent mm. to be like, hey, honey, are you sure? Mm. Does that make That's sense? That's actually true. But I don't know about Gen Zs. Maybe they do do that. Maybe they're so, you know, they're so cool with it. I rather wondered if she did it to upstage Rock because Rock was, was modeling and Rock's in the paper. People are ringing the house about Rock. Yeah. And I think she did it to get attention back on her. That's, That's kind of lame. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, they're a teenager and they may have done that. Um, that checks out given that Lily's always been the like perfect angel. Well, has she? She destroyed Carrie and Big's wedding, but let's not let that, you know. Oh and God. also, if Carrie, I mean, this is not Lily's fault, but if Carrie hadn't been at that piano recital, she would have been there. She could have destroyed. She could. It's not Lily's fault per se, but it is the second time. Hot that she take, up that Lily killed Big. It's not killed, With but stupid more like piano manslaughter. Music. She should not do life, 10 to 12 max. Um, <laughs> so, um, I I thought that Charlotte, I don't know, I feel like uh, I loved that Charlotte went and did it, but I was really annoyed at Lily who said, well, my boyfriend's parents aren't very sex positive and he's a bit nervous to go to that drugstore. And so Charlotte goes around, instead of Charlotte saying, Lily, you're 18 or however old she is, you can go out and get condoms rather than making your mother yeah. walk around. If if there's a local drugstore, you go and get them or you're not having sex. Like, but it's one of those, I, I think Charlotte behaved exactly like you would if you have teenagers, which is like, you could pretend that you believe them. them when they say, yeah, I definitely mm. will. Or you could just go fucking do it. She's not going to go. <laughs> well, you are a wiser parent of a teenager than I am. Um, but do you know what I did like about it? I liked how sex positive Charlotte is now. And, and that makes sense because although she was the prude of the group, she was in a very sex positive group. Yeah. And she did have a lot of sex. So I, I like that she's not holding her daughters to a different standard and she's going, yeah, I want you to have sexual experiences, but I want you to be safe. Yeah. Agreed. And, you know, Charlotte likes everything safe and clean. There was oh. one moment that really bumped me in this episode when she rings Carrie and says, Carrie, you've got any condoms? Carrie goes, why would I have condoms? She says, because she was seeing that guy. And remember, she was having casual yeah. weekly sex with pretty much a random, like he was her producer, yeah. sure. But oh, you don't I know, know what you're going to say and it bumped me with. too. I know what you're going to say. Carrie goes, well, what do you think I'm going to say? I'm sure it's the same. I think it was when Carrie was like, I'm not scared of getting pregnant. And she was like, yeah, but what about an STI situation? And Carrie was like, you think I would have an STI situation? And it's like, you barely knew the guy. That's not how STIs work. It's not based on your vibes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not as, yeah. like, yeah, of course it's you could have one. Your vibes. Like, yeah, I, that's what I didn't understand. Because I was like, how did she, I mean, it, presumably, she asked that guy when he was tested and he said he wasn't with anyone else, but I wouldn't trust a guy I was just having sex with once a week. She made it very clear it was casual. Yeah. He's not going to say if the night before he met someone in a bar and took them home and then I don't want to. So she was clearly not using condoms with that guy. I think the simpler thing would have just been to say he always brought them. Exactly. It's you don't so need all that dialogue. Oh, he always, he always brought them. In my, She just says like, we're Gen X, the man brings them. Yeah, exactly. That's a funny that would have been really funny. But the aghast at the notion that STIs could make their way all like their make way, their way into her perfect body. It, or all the way to the stairs. <laughs> like it's like, no, they couldn't. 
whole way up my stairs. I live in a walk-up. Exactly. Um, like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Carrie? It was so I'm, weird and it was weirdly shamey as well. And I didn't love. It's just not, it's just normal to use a condom. Just would have been so much better just with to a random guy. He, yeah. I insist a man brings them. If a man wants to come inside of me, he's got to provide the rubber. Like yeah. that's a real Gen X thing. And she is kind of a princess, Carrie. So I would believe that. Me too. I thought that was very odd and not great for women thinking, oh, well, if I'm going to be like Carrie Bradshaw, I just have to assume that my fashion sense keeps STDs away. Exactly. Absolute madness. Quite funny that she was wearing an outfit that's not, not condom-like. <laughs> that's true. She was dressed in a giant condom, and quite yeah. an elegant one, but a God snow condom she was dressed God in. Um, there was no snow or semen getting through that thing. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, did you notice that this episode opened with a phenomenal Easter egg? And it, I know it was definitely an Easter egg because of the way that the show closed. Do you remember the first thing that happens in this episode? She's on the Zoom. Sam almost sends like, her um, email for her to, is that the right one? Before that, before that, she's on the Zoom to uh, that influencer who's like, I'm so effing busy. And what happens to the laptop? It falls on the ground and she goes, oh my God, thank God. Again, and the laptop breaks. So she has to go laptop shopping. Why is this an Easter egg in this episode? How does the episode end? She sends the email to Aiden. To Aiden. And what have we seen? What key scene with her and Aiden? Her laptop gets broken? Yes. Her laptop breaks. Aiden gives her bad advice. Aiden takes her to the shop. She's freaking out about it. That's right. Absolutely freaking out because it's she's lost all this work. She doesn't back up. She doesn't know about the cloud. And Aiden tries to help her, buys her a new laptop, and she doesn't like it. She's like, no, no, no. It's too expensive. I don't want it. And it's a real source of contention between them. She blames him. She also rejects his advances of help. And uh, it sort of, I think it's the beginning and the, the end. end. You're dead right. Oh, my gosh. Such a good memory for this. I know. It's freaky, isn't it? It's amazing. It? It's, it's sort of, I think it speaks badly of me, honestly. I should be thinking about, I don't know, feminism and Proust. No, it's so fantastic. Thing- my entire first watching of Sex and the City was what I got to watch sporadically when my babysitter was over. And I fancied my babysitter <sighs> so much that I had two dialogues going on at the same time. So I wasn't always paying as much attention as a child ought to be to, like, full frontal <laughs> nudity. Was, I was going to say, or ought not to be. Um but this opens with her laptop crashing yeah. and breaking and her reaction this time isn't, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Uh, her reaction this time is, thank God. Yeah. She doesn't care. And the end of the episode is she is able to freely send this email to Aiden. Why does it matter that it's an email to Aiden, not a phone call to Aiden, not a text to Aiden, not a uh, not bumping into Aiden, which she's done before? Why is it relevant that it's an email to Aiden? Why is that a great Easter egg? Does he use email? Do you remember when she's broken up with him and she wants to get in touch with him? Do you remember a username Shugal? Yes. Why do I remember that? Because it was the first email Carrie ever sent was to Aiden. She had never sent an email. Can you imagine a time? And there's an episode where she sends him her first email. Her username is Shugal. Hopefully her email address is now Carrie Bradshaw at something. And uh, hopefully it's not still Shugal. I kind of love it if it was still Shugal. That would be hilarious. 
It's her first email. Then she goes around and sees him and says, hey, why didn't you answer my email? She says, my email address is Shugal. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got it. I deleted it. And she says, that's not very neighborly. He says, I thought it was spam. Although they didn't use the word spam then because they probably didn't know it. And, junk uh, she, he says, I get so many emails. Yeah, I get so many emails. So it was junk. And she says, oh, I've got the opposite problem. I've only got two, one from AOL welcoming me and one from Miranda. <sighs> two, she's only got two emails in one episode in her life. And I'm like, how quickly has life moved on that I cannot answer all my emails? That's I haven't been able to wild. answer all my emails in years. I would have to have a full-time person answering my emails. And I feel so bad I don't get back to people. If you're listening and I've not got back to you, it's just, I... All I would do is answer emails day and night and it would be a Sisyphean task. I would still never get yeah, them done. Same. So don't, I do answer lots of emails. I just can't always answer all of them. And I feel like this is like harking back to this time where life was simpler, but her emotions were more complicated. And now life is more complicated, but her emotions are simpler. Yes, I love that. I love that. What do we feel about her actually like getting in touch with Aiden? Do we think he's good for her? I mean, obviously not, but yay, because I, I want drama and I am sick of Carrie being passive and just like all the other characters are being active and she's often passive now. And just like, and just like that, she was so sparky. She was so active. She was so reckless. She was so self-destructive in, and yes, she evolved through Sex of the City, but she still had these like, she was still impulsive. She would still be impulsive. Impulsive, urges, feckless. Yeah. And yeah, you don't want to see her doing all of that in her 50s, but you do want to see the same old naughtiness and liveliness. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it if he's not good for her. At least it's a fucking adventure. Yeah, I agree completely. Also, I can see a world where they could have learned enough about themselves for it to work better this time. Um, Agreed. I really can. I can Thank also- God he's been divorced five years and it's not like, oh, he's going through a messy divorce and she's got to deal with that. I just love that. I would love this to have started with Big died five years ago and she's yeah. on the other side to some extent. Yeah. Not that you ever really are, but, you know, dealt with all the major emotions. Because I just think, I would lo- I just want to see this now. How do they reconnect? So I'm very excited she sent it. And actually, I saw people online going saying, oh, Seema should have accidentally sent it and she should have spiraled. And I'm like, No. I want her to be proactive. I'm Let really glad she chose it. I was re- I was actually having that thought as it was happening. I was like, no, 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 please don't do that. That's so cheap and she has to choose it. And then they didn't. And I was like, yes. On that, I'm really open to, to visiting Carrie and Seema's summer house. Oh my in God, me too. It's going to be gorgeous. There won't be an STD in sight. <laughs> no STDs allowed in there. It's far too glamorous. No, they're going to light some really expensive candles and it just won't be able to get in. <laughs> Casual sex all summer. Yeah. And it, maybe on the house it says things like smoke alarm, STD free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, swimming pool, no STDs, uh, 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 STD barrier in the swimming pool. So you can have sex in the jacuzzi. It's just naturally, it's just like something with the chlorine in the water yeah. doesn't allow it. Yeah. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, at what, can we just have a moment for LTW's amazing catwalk in the snow moment, oh. which I thought was approaching the red dress for the Met Gala. I thought it was just was as good. It? I thought it was just as good in the snow. I, I thought her, and honestly, I loved Carrie's outfit too. I wanted it so oh, much. Stunning. She looked divine, divine. But oh my God, LTW looked incredible. The hat the like hood the 
the face, the heels, the walk, the stomp. That was the thing. The both of them stomping through the snow in heels. I was like, Mm -hmm. everyone would have fallen down. But okay, fair enough, fine. I mean, I loved the moment. I do think when her husband said, your car's cancelled, I'll give you a lift. And she goes, I don't need to be rescued. I'm like, I think it's all right for your husband. Just, I don't think feminism is going to be... uh, troubled by you getting a lift from your husband. But listen, that walk in the snow was everything and hats off to her. Hats all the way off and wigs on. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, because that was absolutely brilliant. I love that moment between her and the older woman in the um, in the loo saying, we're not going to let snow stop us. And it was sort of the spirit of what they were talking about, which is black women being told no and doing it anyway. Absolutely. I absolutely loved it. I think LTW and her husband are just the most divine and everyone's falling in love with them and wanting a spin-off. Yeah, um, I watched their TV show. I do think as well, like there is I mean, I think there's stuff you could go into that's more complicated there, but I also think that like they have the most dimensions to their relationship. Yeah. And I want to see more. I want to see more. Yeah. I'm more interested in in them now than than some of the other agreed st- standard characters. Miranda breaks up with everyone. We just need to talk about this uh, before we finish. Like, I just, what did you think of Steve turning to her and saying, "You never wanted Brooklyn. You never wanted me." Well, it's funny that you've been talking about Carrie Brady. being passive because for me, the person who's been most frustrating to watch has been Miranda. I'm like. Okay, mm. Miranda might feel guilty. She might feel bad. But this is a an explosive, opinionated, boundaried woman who usually says what she feels. And there's no way she'd have sustained this level of apathy or like immobility emotionally for so long. I'm like, come, especially if it was affecting her kid. I'm like, come the fuck on. The fact that he blew up and she didn't is frustrating, but fine. I'm like, to my mind, I don't buy that she would have been so passive for so long in both scores like being so like walked over by Che and so frozen Mm. around this sort of you know taking advantage of the situation by Steve but fine I'm glad she's out of both situations you know in a way I think they sort of did Steve a bit dirty in that like I do think if one person pays for a house but another person builds it every single inch of it from the inside out they do sort of have equal claim to the house they're married. They're married. It's a split asset. It's just, she's a lawyer. She must know. It doesn't matter whose name is on the mortgage. If you're married for that long and you have a kid together and you both put into the mortgage and put into the marriage and the relationship, he owns a really successful bar. Of course, he's been paying part of the mortgage. It doesn't matter whose name is on it. I know. It's so um, weird. And also, like, even if he didn't pay, but he built every single part of it, you're like, okay, well, you've obviously massively increased the value of the house and you're married. You're married. You know, exactly, as you say. Why is his name not on the mortgage? If that were the other way around, I'd be very like, oh, why is her name not on the mortgage? Um, very, very odd, given they're both. Anyway, that's, that's, it's a TV show. I shouldn't get bogged down in that, but I do but think. But I did. I was I'm like, cu- that's. I get why he's blowing up now. <laughs> I do, I do. And they of course she's got to give him half. They're married and they they built a life together and they and she did blow it up and you know I, I of course it's it's 50-50 there's. The normal thing is not someone moves out and rents. The normal thing is especially if your kids grown up, you sell the house. It's a beautiful huge house in Brooklyn. You both go and buy an apartment. It makes no sense to me at all. But I liked that he did finally say Hey, because it's true she never wanted to move to Brooklyn. It's true that she was always on again, off again about him. It's true that she was, it was very cruel to say you didn't want Brady because, of course, she was unsure at the beginning, but that's 
fine. And she, she was always a good mother. Yeah. That was a very cruel thing to say. And he immediately apologized, but I'm still glad he got his moment because he has just been flopped there for ages. What did you think about her reaction to finding out he was having sex with someone else? I thought that it was actually quite truthful because (laughs) even though it's immature and even though it's not fair and even though it like, it like evidently she, she was able to rationalize that it was because she thought he was moping around and when actually he was over it, but actually like definitely some part was still a bit like, but you're Steve who only loves me. So there was a little bit of jealousy and possession there. I thought that like, as much as I was like, it's not intellectual, it's not evolved, it's not fair. I was like, it does feel true. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That I think she was feeling like he's sad. I just have to keep coming and making sure all the housework's done. I did this to him. Everyone's looked after. And then she's like, well, if you're shagging someone else, why am I being muggins coming around and doing all of this? But- like when she said in our bed, I was like, where else is he meant to have sex? You've moved out. You have been shagging somebody else. You cheated on him. She cheated on him for months. Remember how angry she got when he slept with someone once when they hadn't had sex for a year yeah. virtually? Yeah. He slept he slept with someone once and she acted like he'd been and told her immediately and felt awful. Yeah. And she acted like he had killed someone. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's sneaking around in Carrie's, literally having sex in Carrie's kitchen while Carrie's peeing herself in a bed. Mm-hmm unbelievable Unreal. reaction of like real like uh, out fucking rageous to say how dare you shag the organic grocery person when i'm i'm off with che and every single time you cut to them che's going hey we both just came didn't we come we've come <laughs> che cannot oh i don't have curry lingus che cannot get through a sentence without commenting on how much sex exactly <laughs> it's true it's so true so i think um i think it was unfair to steve and I also think it was a real shame that that's how they left it, actually, because he blew up and then still had the wherewithal to go, no, stop. Let's not, I fucked mm-hmm. up. Let's not leave it like this, though. And then such shame that she was like, I'm storming out. Um, mm. But I think they will. I, I wish they had entered as friends. I think that would have been nice. But I'm sure they will. They will be friends. I'm sure it was. It, they will be because they've they've sort of always been more friends than anything yeah, really in co-parents. I, I reckon. Um, but have we seen the end of Che? Have we? God, I hope so. The thing is, I think that what will happen is Miranda. Well, if I were writing it, Miranda will start to date a woman who is kind to her, or a person who's kind to her. Um, and I think it'll probably be a queer relationship, and then they will have a falling out one time and Che will be like, hey, and that will complicate matters. Mm. But I hope that that's not. Yeah. I I think we're going to still follow Che. That's my feeling. I think Che's gonna, still going to be in it. You said that and so resentfully. <laughs> no, oh. look, bless the actor who plays Che. I think they've probably had quite a tough time playing Che and I'm sure they're a really nice person. And you have to root for your own character when you're playing any character. So I, I fully get why, you know, and I think they're they're probably great. Whatever happens, I'm happy to see the end of Che Randa. Me too. And I hope that Miranda now gets to have some fun, some sex, some romance and some love. I hope um, that Miranda gets to stop being such a freaking Bambi queer. Like, 
I hope that she like, doesn't have to keep running into rooms being like, so what's this going to be? What what do I do with this strap on? How do I use it? I hope she'll be like, yes, I have fucked people. I'm fine. Like, Christ. <laughs> I've never a- heard Bambi queer before. Is that your turn of phrase? That's or mine. That Sorry. I just, it's the like doe-eyed confusion about fucking from a woman who's had so much sex and who's been doing this a while i'm like would you give over (laughs) well listen let's hope for more miranda sex adventures um is there anything else you're hoping for before we wrap up i mean i'm hoping that they develop a storyline for naya i'm hoping that they spend a lot of summer time in the Hamptons and that we get to see all of that fashion I would love 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 if Aiden shows up and it's good and not just like I, I hope that they've booked him for more than one episode is all I'm saying actor wise they better they have. better have. they cannot if they've been teasing us with this and then it's just like one date and no 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 Fuck that. No, no, no. I will I will write and complain at that point um, I'm gonna go out on a large limb and say Miranda and Naya are living together. Oh, I thought this Naya's too. Naya's broken up and Naya's a bit done with men maybe. And maybe Naya and Miranda are going to just fall into each other's arms. And do you know what's good about that? Miranda cannot be Bambi queer because they're the more experienced. But I, do, I want better woman. for Naya. May I say, I'm sorry, I don't think Miranda deserves her. <laughs> discuss Um, I just don't think I don't think that she's like on the same level in terms of well listen I'm just saying could it not be just a little story like can we have a little we could but you never know you never know your luck in the big city you never know your luck but I think it'll be a shame and given that Naya is like goes to a bar and as soon as she does every single male model who's ever existed is like hey I don't know that's true every time she walks into a bar a male model comes over and goes would you like to have sex with me but first let me buy you an island yeah exactly I don't see why Um, she'd need that yeah no she doesn't she doesn't need Miranda in her heart pajamas fair play fair play she's seen the worst of Miranda she's seen her moping around as uh, in in pajamas um but listen, if you don't want me in my heart pajamas whipping around, you don't deserve me in my catwalk hat walking through the snow. Um, I'm hoping because I think it's getting better, and I really want that trajectory to stay. Uh, I'm I'm hoping for more fashion. I'm hoping for more fun. I'm hoping for naughtiness. I'm hoping for more self-destructive spirals. I'm hoping for it all. Catherine Bohart, do you have anything to plug? Anything coming up? Oh my gosh, thank you for asking. Yes, I'm going to the Edinburgh Fringe for the first week. I'll be there at Monkey Barrel at noon. I'm going to be at the Soho Theatre late August, 25th, uh, no, 22nd and 23rd at the Soho Theatre. And um, in the new year, I will go on tour. Excellent. Watch out for Catherine Bohart wherever she is near you. Uh, and where can we follow you? Oh, at Catherine Bohart, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I'm on all of them. Um, unless there's a new one, in which case I'm too old. Excellent. Shoe, well, well, shoe gal. Uh, uh, <laughs> shoe gal 69. Shoe gal send, <laughs> send, sending your first TikTok. Uh, it has been a pleasure to see you. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk again soon, I Thank hope. Thank you for having me. Have a great day in incredibly and, irresponsible shoes. Oh, I will. And just like that, you have been listening to the Guilty Feminist Watchers. And just like that, with me, Deborah Francis White, and my very special guest, Catherine Bohart. The producer for the Spontaneous Shop was Tom Zielinski. The Guilty Feminist is part of the ACAS Creator Network. And just like that is on Max in the US and Sky Comedy, and now in the UK. See you next time for episode seven, February the 14th. Oh, it's Valentine's Day, and it's Galentine's Day. 
and, and a username Shugal. Yes, but why? But why do yes. I remember that? Oh my god, your memory's insane. Tell me everything, please. I'm a dum dum. Okay, you no, no, not at all, not at all. I I just love doing Easter egg guesses, also for the listeners, because someone might be shouting. Of course, oh, there's a hundred women this. shouting right now, and they're going, "Who is this girl? Did she even watch it? I did, but I don't remember the song." No, 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 they're not thinking that at all. They're not thinking that at all. The reason I ask you is some people won't. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com